I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Happy Friday, March 11th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. Today, we have an awesome show for you all. We are finishing our third base rankings. On Wednesday's episode, we did 30 to 11, and today we are ranking 10 to 1. This episode is coming out on Friday, but we are currently recording on Wednesday before a deal has been announced. Colby, by the time this is released... Will we have a deal? Please be optimistic. I'm being optimistic as I can here. <laughs> the deal that, that is on the table right now, I think it is close to as good as the players are going to get financially. Um, what we don't know is the back end, right? The international draft is something that's very, very specific. And, and I don't think that they should even deliberate over that right now. But obviously they have to. Um but yeah, the financials look great on the player side, are as good as they're going to get. I mean, the, the owners came up from 214 million CBT, and now they're at 230. Um, a 700K minimum salary is, is pretty good, and, and a 40 million pool. That's pretty good, man. From where they were, that's that's pretty good. It's really good. And it also, it was cool to see, too, that Steve Cohen is really, you know, taking this for his own. Um, they're making separate rules for the luxury tax threshold that if you reach a certain threshold that only the Mets and possibly the Dodgers are going to reach. And Steve Cohen comes out, he's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'll spend I'll spend more money. I don't care. I, I'm falling in love with Steve Cohen. And we just played general manager for the New York Mets. And, you know, Steve Cohen can come off a little weird with his tweeting and all that. But I was even listening to Michael Kay and Don LaGreca on Yes. And they were like, who cares if he's tweeting? Like, who cares? And, you know, I, I'm kind of buying into that. Like, I don't care about his antics off the field. If he genuinely cares about his players on the field and he's actually the one owner willing to overspend, I love that for the game of baseball. I care. And I respect Steve I Cohen. care. I care because he's genuine and we've lost a lot of genuineness. No, no, I, no I'm not, I'm not yeah, debating you. Exactly, I'm debating yeah, no, the, the exactly, crowd yeah. here, right? Um, but I think it's so great because Steve Cohen... Billions, the TV show, is loosely based off of Steve Cohen and his time at, at the hedge, hedge fund in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, so Bobby Axelrod, you know, is is quite the, the character, and, and Steve Cohen's kind of showing that he has a little Bobby Axelrod in him, which is cool. I'm just, I hope by the time this comes out, we can confidently say we're playing 162. So let's start ranking these third basemen, and we'll start at number 10 with Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. At 37 years old, Turner is still moving around quite nicely. The last time he hit below 270 was in 2012 when he hit 269. He's been the absolute model of consistency for the Dodgers. And since 2016, he's hit at least 20 home runs and hit 275 in every year, if we exclude, of course, 2020. And then in 2018, where he only played 103 games. And he's sliding currently in ADP. He's currently going as the 14th best third baseman. And I think it's really due to the age concerns as he is, again, 37 years old. But with that universal DH, I think he's going to be great again. In 2021, he hit 278 with 27 bombs and 87 RBIs and runs. And I don't see any reason why he can't do it again. The universal DH could not have come at a better time for Justin Turner. I 
I think it's amazing that he's been with the Dodgers now for eight years, since 2014. It feels like just yesterday that he was, you know, changing his swing and completely overhauled his career. He has 30 war since 2014. This is a guy that that may have had a Hall of Fame chance if he got it going early in the career. And you could say that a lot of, about a lot of guys, but he's been nothing short of amazing at the plate. And he played 151 games last year. I know he's entering his age 37 season, as you mentioned, but you're right. The Universal DH could not be coming at a better time for Justin Turner. And I don't see why he can't hit 27 bombs like he did in 2019 and 2021 last season. Why not? And and before we get into number nine, um, I know I started a little bit early, but I think it's important just to talk to how loaded this position is. Because the fact that Justin Turner is falling to the 14th best third baseman, he is easily a guy I'm targeting, especially with the universal DH. Talk about, I mean, we're, we're talking pre-record about just how loaded this third base position is. Give us the spark notes of what we were talking about pre-record. It's, it's crazy how many stars there are in this top 10. And I think there's in this top 10, there's some of the best players in all of the game, even at like the seven or eight spot. Um, but Justin Turner at 156 ADP is way too low for him. I would be all over him. And even if he doesn't play 150 games, even if he plays 130, you're going to get elite production in those 130 that I wouldn't even worry about it. I agree. I wouldn't worry about it either. That's a good point. So that brings us to number nine. It's it's Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. Um, last year was a very much a down year. He had 270 with 12 bombs and the lowest ISO of his career at 152. He averaged a 239 ISO prior to this in every single season. What is clear, though, is that he was battling injuries. He he missed two months with a quad injury on his left leg, and I think this had a lot to do with him struggling against breaking balls. He couldn't stay back on those breaking balls because his landing leg was injured, right? Um, so last season, he had a 286 Woba against breaking balls, but the years before that, in 2018 and 2019, he had a 392 Woba against breaking balls. Um, you know, it's fair to question if the... Stein's sign stealing scandal had something to do with his success against breaking balls as well. What I will say though is 286 Woba against breaking balls is way too low for a healthy Alex Bregman. And I don't know if he's going to reach back to 392 Woba like he did in 2018 and 2019. But I think what we saw last year is is well below what Alex Bregman can do. And, and when healthy, he's a guy that can slide back to being a 280 to 290 hitter with, you know, 25 home run power. And, and he has the upside in that Astros lineup to reach 100 runs in RBIs. I think that's best case scenario, what you're saying, with 290 with 25 home runs. I think it's possible, but I don't think it's probable. Um, and when you said it's fair to question the sign ceiling, I am questioning that. I mean, it's been clear since that date. He has not been able to stay back on breaking balls, something that Alex Bregman makes his money off of. This is a guy who should be ranked within the top 10 because of that upside, because he could possibly go back to being one of the best third basemen in baseball, but he's not a guy I'm targeting. I do not want Alex Bregman on my team. I think it's more likely that he delivers a season close to what he did last year than 2018. That's why I'm probably staying away from Alex Bregman. That's fair. I, I just feel like we can't even take last year as like a correct sample just because he was clearly hurt. Um, and even when he got healthy at the end of the year, he got hit in the in the wrist, had wrist surgery. So like even the playoffs, he wasn't right. Um, it was just kind of a disaster year. But yeah, I, I like I said, you you have to take into account the sign stealing scandal. I just don't think that he's 
I think it was one end of the spectrum, and then 2018, 2019 is another end of the spectrum um, when he was hitting over 300. So that's why I say I think 280 is is kind of where he's at. I think that's moderately fair, and also just in terms of an ADP, he's going as the seventh third baseman off the board. He's going in front of our you know number eight and number seven ranked guy. I'm not taking him that early. If yeah. if the if the entire fantasy baseball public was maybe he was going as the 11th or maybe he was falling maybe then you could make the well, argument and, and the f- you know maybe get him on some upside but at this rate no and i i don't see the upside it's almost being baked into his adp and i don't believe and that. what's the upside between bregman and justin turner really the only upside between him and justin turner is the run and rbi production that he's going to get and even then it's really not going to be that much where it's like i need to get alex bregman five or six rounds ahead of justin turner so you're absolutely right there and and a lot of those concerns have to do with injury, of course, because Justin Turner is thirty seven, and you know Alex Bregman is is not even thirty yet. But still, but does not is, have a clean bill of health, and doesn't have a clean bill of health. And Justin Turner played more games than he did last year. Like the, I, I, and with the universal DH, I think Justin Turner is going to get more opportunities and and less time in the field, less time for inter- injury. I would much rather target Justin Turner as the 14th than Alex Bregman as the 7th. I don't even think it's close because I think we could easily see Justin Turner finishing with more fantasy points than Alex Bregman. Agreed, agreed. Chris Bryant is number 8 on our board. Currently a free agent. Where will Chris Bryant play? That's a question everyone's wondering post-lockout. But he's going to be expensive because he is an offensive weapon. He's seen a slight dip in power only hitting 25 home runs last year, and he'll probably never hit 39 home runs like he did in his MVP year in 2016, but he's still so freaking good. You can pencil him in for a 270 average with 25 home runs and enough RBI and run opportunities to matter, and he qualifies in the outfield as well, and he's one of the few third basemen that could legitimately grab you double-digit steals. I think Chris Bryant is one of the safest options in fantasy baseball, and I don't think it matters that much where he signs. He's very safe, and that's what I don't like about him. What I was shocked when I dug deeper into Chris Bryant is he has a great um, approach at the plate. But would you be shocked to know that he has never or he has not had a hard hit rate above 40% since his rookie year in 2015? I was shocked. I thought for sure. I don't know why I've never looked at this. But I was sure that Chris Bryant was a 45% hard hit rate guy, or even higher, right? Like, I think of Chris Bryant, and I think of hitting yeah. the ball hard Pellets. and hitting the ball in the air. And that's not at all. He, he does hit the ball in the air, and that's what helps him a lot. But his hard hit rate's in, in the 30, 30s. Um, not that that matters. He's still a great hitter, and you can kind of expect what he did last year. I don't think he has the upside of 30 home runs anymore. I think he's more that Agreed. 25 home run guy um, with, you know, 80 to 85 runs in RBIs. And, and, that's the thing with him. It just doesn't seem like the pick with the most upside. Agreed. I don't think he has a ton of upside, but I think his value comes from the fact that he is pretty durable and that you know what you're going to get. You abs- And I know we've said this about players, but Chris Bryant, I know I'm going to get at least 270 with 25 bombs and 80-plus runs in RBIs. I mean, you can pencil it in, and you can even get me 10 steals. I like Chris Bryant a lot. Peter, where where is the best location for Chris Bryant to go for his fantasy value? That's the problem, because right now he's going as the eighth third baseman off the board, currently being drafted 93rd overall. And I think that's a pretty I'm saying I'm saying team though. I'm saying team, like free agency wise. 
Oh, where do I think he's going to yeah, sign? Yeah, where do you think he's going to sign? Because I think that has a lot to, to do with his fantasy value as well. Like, where he signs could impact if it's a, a hitter's ballpark. I think he's the perfect fit with the Seattle Mariners. But I don't know, actually, if he's going to sign there. Um, you know what? I will say the Seattle Mariners. Okay. I think that's the best spot for him, and I think that's where he does sign, especially with Kyle Seager now retiring. They need a third baseman. Abraham Toro is a guy we've ranked, but I, I just don't know if he's the future. And if He's a utility Seattle's guy. I think really... Toro is more of a utility guy. True, true. But I think he's more slated to play there. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. Because they don't have one. I'm saying, like, it's good that they, they signed Chris Bryant because Toro's really just a utility guy. I don't think he's he's a player that should play. Exactly. I don't, he yeah. should be starting. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And I, I think Chris Bryant makes the most sense with Seattle. And if you're ever going to open up the checkbook, now's the time. This is the window. Yep. They got a loaded farm system. I think Seattle's the place. And I think he'd do great there. So Chris Bryant does not have a lot of question marks, but our number seven guy has unlimited question marks um but first so it's anthony rendon but first let me let me wipe your memory of the 20 of 2021 completely away peter like just imagine you forgot 2021 anthony rendon just put up four straight seasons with a wrc plus above 140 two of them were above 150 he's hit 307 over that span and arguably entering this year he's the best third baseman in the game now let me Bam, you have all your memory back from 2021. Let's flash forward one year. Anthony Rendon hits 240 and 250 plate appearances. His hard hit rate completely tanks, and he's clearly playing through a hip injury that would eventually cause him to have season-ending hip, hip surgery. He's now being drafted as the ninth third baseman off the board and firmly outside the top 100. Peter, are you buying a Rendon returning to his 2019 form or not? I am buying him returning to about 90 to 95% of it, which is an elite third baseman. I think he will bounce back. We talked about it with Matt Chapman. These guys hold a lot of their power in their hips. And when you're dealing with a hip injury, you have to overcompensate with, you know, swinging with your arms, not getting the same amount of lift, not getting the same amount of drive. Again, a year removed from hip surgery. You know, it's not as removed as Matt Chapman. I'm a little bit more nervous about Anthony Rendon. I think Anthony Rendon will outperform Matt Chapman next year, but I'm more nervous just about the power output. So I don't think we're going to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see 34 home runs like we will in 2019, but I think 25 home runs is more likely, but I still think he's the 280 to 290 hitter with enough RBI and run opportunities to matter, especially in that Angels lineup that is now loaded this year. I mean, he had 126 RBIs in and 117 runs with the Nationals in 2019, that World Series team. This Angels team is not to that caliber, but I could see 100 in each category with 25 home runs and a 290 average. That's why I'm projecting him this year. It's fair. It's fair. And I think that is the 90 to 95% outcome. I am very worried about hip injuries. They scare the crap out of me. Just like, as you've said, right, the legs are so important. And and baseball is a rotational sport for hitters and pitchers. We get all of our power from rotating our hips. And if that's injured... You're kind of screwed. Um, and I think Rendon, unlike Chapman, is, is not too far removed from his hip injury. I mean, going into the season, there's still question marks about whether Anthony Rendon will be on the field for opening day. Um, they say he likely will or, or probably will. But I, I, it's like I hate those words. I hate the probabilities and the could be's and the, the should be's because that's not Anthony Rendon is healthy and is himself. 
Um, so this is a guy that I'm probably staying away from currently. And, and unlike Max Muncy, he's going a lot earlier than Max Muncy. Yeah. But under his current ADP when it comes to third base, and that's the thing, is that is Anthony Rendon still a good player and will probably end up having a good year? Yes. But with how loaded this third base position is, I mean, is it bad that I'd still prefer Justin Turner sometimes? No. Especially at his no. current ADP. I, I, think, I think after you leave the top five, like I'm excited to get into the top five because I think the top five, I need one of those guys on my team. But after you leave the top yeah. five, Justin Turner at 150 is money to me. And and within this, you know, Anthony Rendon's at 100, Chris Bryant's at 90. In that range, there's so many good pitchers that I want. That's such a time for me to grab yeah. some high upside pitchers like Blake Snell, like Justin Verlander, that I would rather have one of those guys than Anthony Rendon, who has unlimited question marks going into this season. He could miss... Yeah so much time because because what are the odds that anthony rendon re-aggravates that hip too that's what i'm worried about and he's not a spring not chicken anymore he's not a spring chicken no so what do you what do you project the stat line to look like i mean i i agree with you if he is back and playing every day i could see 290 with 25 to 28 bombs and it's a great angels lineup i just worry about the injuries and and plate appearances are so important especially within your top 10 picks like this is a this is a guy that's going to be in your top eight to ten rounds of, of drafting so it's the, those guys have got to be solid and number six is a guy with again no question marks that's nolan arenado of the st louis cardinals arenado will probably never be the 300 hitter that he was in colorado but the power is still fully there since 2016, Arenado has hit at least 34 home runs with 105 RBIs in every season except the shortened 2020 season. But he has hit around 255 since 2020, and I think that's where we should expect him moving forward. His hard hit rate is not very ideal, but he does hit over 60% of his balls in the air. The only thing with Arenado is I don't see a ton of upside, kind of similar to Chris Bryant. I think he'll either do what he did last year which was around 250 average, 34 home runs, 100-plus RBIs, no stolen bases, or I think he'll take a tiny step back as he enters his age 31 season. I just think we're going to see a very slow decline. The power is still going to be there. He's still going to hit over 30 home runs. He's still going to drive in over 100 runs. But I think we're going to start to see 250, and then maybe in 2023 we'll see 28 home runs, and maybe 98 RBIs, and 250, and I think it'll just start leveling down. I think we're on the downswing of Nolan Arenado, but that doesn't mean at all that he can't be extremely valuable on your fantasy team next year. He's still extremely valuable because he hits in the middle of that Cardinals lineup, but you're absolutely right, Pete. I agree with you. I, I think Arenado is going to take a small step back. Um, all of the peripheral data shows that he's going to take a small step back. His hard hit rate is under 40%. He does hit everything in the air, which I love. I mean, he hits 50% of uh, balls as fly balls, which is going to get him close to 34 home runs again. I think 30 home runs is is well within reach again. Uh, but as you said, I think a dip in average could even be down to 240. Um, and mm, and He's too good, too talented. He does put I'm the ball in play a lot. Um, but if you're playing in an on-base percentage league, which we, we usually talk five by five, he's not going to help you in on-base percentage leagues either, which Good is point. you know something that, that takes away from his value in those leagues as well. Um, 
don't let the name fool you here yes. because he's so good defensively and also he was so good offensively in cores. Not to say he's still not good offensively, but he's not the same offensive impact that he was in cores field. There's just not a ton of upside, but again, similar to Chris Bryant, we know what we're going to get and the numbers are going to be better than we know what we're going to get from Chris Bryant. Yep, yep. But so well, before we move into to the top five, right, is think about it. Arenado's ADP is 71 right now. The two guys we're about to talk about at four and five are going around and a half ahead of Arenado, which to me, I am going to jump on the two guys ahead of Arenado just because their upside is is crazy compared to what you're getting with Arenado. That's a good point. Um, Very good point. So should I go into five? I think you should go into five because five five is a guy that it just looks so weird right in the middle of all of these offensive juggernauts, but he should be in the top five and tell us why. He could be even higher. He could be even higher. It's Adalberto Mondesi of the Kansas City Royals who has never reached more than 400 plate appearances in a season. I just want to know what he'll do when he gets 500 or 600 plate appearances because let me list off his seasons real quick. He stole 43 bags in 102 games in 2019. He stole 20. That's crazy. No, but that is crazy. Like that number has to be yeah. like digested a little bit. He stole 42 bases in 103 So let me keep going games. because it gets crazier. I know. It gets crazy. I know, I know. okay. He stole okay. 43 and 102 in 2019, 24 and 59 in 2020. And then last year, he only played 35 games. He stole 15 bases in 35 games last year. But he just has not is, been, all, been able to stay on the field. So if this he. This is an 80 steal guy. If he plays 140 or 150 games, he is, he is almost. He's a lock for 60. And best case scenario, he's 70 to 75, which this is this is Billy Hamilton. But beyond that, he's not going to kill you like Billy Hamilton. He hits 250. He has 15 to 20 upside power-wise for home runs. And he's going to get 70 to 80 runs in this lineup because he's so fast. He's always on second base, and he's going to get driven in. He hits in the, the back end of that Royals lineup, which isn't great. But this guy, you draft him 58th overall, he is going to completely take over your steals. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. But the question is, can he stay healthy? Can, do you think he can stay healthy? That's the only thing. Because when healthy, we're looking at a 250, and this is just on potential, 250 with 20 bombs and 80 steals. That is a guy that you drafted 58th overall. That wins you your fantasy league. He's a guy that could win you your fantasy <laughs> league. Aldeberto Mondesi of the Kansas City Royals. But this has been now the story for the past three years. That's why he's. I've never drafted him on my fantasy team before. He's never been. Because I'm always just <laughs> completely frightened. Because like I sometimes I would go with the Tatis number one. So then if I go Mondesi in round five, like I'm... I'm either finishing first or last. I just think like, like it's like hoarding maybe, gold. Like, if you grab some, if you grab some safe guys in rounds one to four, and you grab Mondesi, you could realistically <laughs> win your. That's league. what I'm saying, Peter. This is your guy because you draft him. He could definitely win you your league. 
But the crazy thing is, is like he's going to steal 70 bags if he's healthy all year. But he really does have 20 home run power. Like, that's not fake. Uh, he does. That's not fake. It's not. He hit six in 35 games last year. Like, he could hit 20-plus. That's that's not out of the question. I think 15 is a floor for him. So you're still getting value out of a guy that, that will single-handedly lead. Or he'll, he's going to lead the league in stolen bases if he's healthy. But, yeah, it's really so just So how would you draft him? Um... If he's there, if he's there in that that fifth or sixth round, I don't know how I'm not taking him right now. I'm so excited about this guy. I just feel like this is the year that he finally is healthy. It just has to be. It just has to be. And I feel it like I can, if I flub on him and he does get hurt, I can build my way back up. Sure, you could build your way back up. For example, like if you draft Aldoberto Mondesi and then maybe you grab Heimer Candelario as well, just in case... Those stolen bases are just like a pot of gold. Gold. Like the most valuable resource in all of fantasy baseball, and it's right there. And bigger bases. He could steal a thousand. You give him three inches, and he he's gonna steal an extra fifteen. <laughs> three inches is substantial. It's a lot of inches. You know? It's, it's a lot of inches. Speak for yourself over there. It's plenty of inches. <laughs> Number four is Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves. Austin Riley absolutely exploded last season, hitting over 300 with 33 bombs and 170 RBI, 170, 107 RBIs. I wish it was 170. Validating himself as a top five fantasy third baseman and a top five third baseman in real life. He's always had the potential, but he finally put it together at age 24. He hits the ball really, really hard, and he's spraying it to all fields. His his baseball savant is gorgeous. My only worry is his ability to consistently hit 300, but the power is definitely real, and he'll have plenty of RBIs and run scoring opportunities in a great Braves lineup, especially if they re-sign Freeman. My only thing about the batting average, it's not a... it's. I wouldn't be shocked if he hit 300, but his expected batting average was 280 last year. A lot of the projection systems have him between 270 and 280, and I just don't view him as a guy who, you know, he hits the ball on the ground a decent amount. He's just not a guy who screams 300 hitter every single year, maybe like a Nolan Arenado was. I could, I realistically could see 285 with 30 to 35 home runs, 110 yeah. RBIs. I still think he's phenomenal. I just don't think we should expect 303 again. I don't understand. I'm looking at these projection systems. I don't understand it, to be honest. I don't know how the Bat X has him at 266, and the highest projection system has him at 274. That makes zero sense to me, and I know these projection systems are super conservative, but he hits line drives 25% of the time. And like you said, his his bat and ball profile is super balanced. 25% ground or, uh Line drives, 38% ground ball, 38% fly ball. It's super, super balanced. I don't think 303 is, is what we should project. But as you say, I think that's absolutely within reach. Um, but I think 285, you hit it on the money. This guy is, is very draftable to me. I love him where he's going, being taken 54th uh, ADP. He's, he's going to deliver close to what he did last year. Even if he doesn't do it in the average department, even if he's 285, 33 91 107 could even be conservative i could see him hitting 40 home runs like that's possible I, that's the, i was just about to follow up i could see him legitimately hitting 40 home runs i don't think that's out of that question and did you know out of all third basemen last year austin riley led in defensive runs saved 
I know it has nothing to do with fantasy, but you wouldn't think that when you look at all of the defensive third basemen in baseball, the Matt Chapmans, the Nolan Arenados, the Cabrian Hayes. I know some of them were dealing with injuries, but and not even Jose Ramirez. It was Austin Riley, the league leader in defensive run save. This is not fantasy related. I think he could win MVP. At all. No, I think he could win MVP. I'm not, no, I'm saying, yeah, he could. He really could. And how is his defensive war negative six? Can we can we call up the know. people at Fangraphs I and be like, why know. is his defensive war <laughs> negative six when he had the most defensive runs saved in the league? Check his UZR. I guess his UZR I don't think was that great. Okay, whatever. His he was definitely no good in the field. Whatever. What and is he's sick I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't, I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. Like, I never look at UZR at all. I look at outs above average and defensive run save yep. when we're talking about fielding. UZR can actually suck it. I don't know what UZR is, and I'm the analytics guy, so that's that's where we're at with UZR right now. It's, it's just, I don't know. But back to fantasy speak, he is, he's a guy I'm targeting. Like, I would prefer to draft him over Mondesi, yep. even though Mondesi is so juicy. But it really all depends league. on how you're going to build your team. Um, if, if you grab a guy, like you said, like if you grab Tatis in the first round or you grab a Starling Marte in the second or third round, you're not going to grab Mondesi in the fifth round, right? No. So you're going to you're gonna supplement those stolen bases early with more power with a guy like Riley. So I don't think that they, they mismatch. So they're fine where they're at in our rankings. True. Good point. That gets us to number three. We're, we're leaving a tier and entering the superstar tier here. Yeah. Um, it's uh, no Riley is in the superstar tier. Uh, I think he's right, he's budding. He he's be. a budding superstar. Yes, I think he's budding. I think he will be, but we'll see. Good take. So number three is Manny Machado. Um, he hit two fifty six in twenty nineteen in his first year in San Diego, and fans were were pretty disappointed with Manny Machado. They they spent a lot of money on Manny Machado, and he did not deliver on his promises. But twenty twenty one was amazing, and twenty twenty two I think could be even better. He hit two seventy eight with twenty eight bombs, ninety two runs, one hundred and six RBIs, and twelve stolen bases. He's delivering across the board. He had the sixteenth highest hard hit rate in all of the league last year, and his ex batting average was two ninety four. And even his ex slugging percentage signaled more damages to come. He's averaging thirty four home runs over the last six seasons with a two eighty average. This is a little bit unrelated to fantasy but Machado looks like an absolute lock to be a hall of famer is he underrated Peter I think he is underrated and you know what I kind of think we're going to get from Manny Machado last year exactly what we got from Austin Riley in 2021 I think a 300 batting average with 30 plus home runs 100 plus RBIs the only problem is he plays in San Diego and that park is enormous kind of similar to Fernando Tatis Jr but he's also a guy who hits the ball so hard it doesn't really matter that much but there just are a few home runs that'll turn into doubles and that more just goes to show that I think if Manny Machado was you know back playing in Baltimore and Camden Yards or if he was playing in the ALE the Yankee Stadium like he'd be a 40 home run guy but I think in San Diego, I think 30 to 35 is very reasonable. And he's just so, so good of a hitter. And he's obviously figured something out, uh, you know, as he enters his age 29 season. I'm very, very excited for Manny Machado and absolutely deserves to be a top three third baseman. Absolutely. I love him at his, at his ADP right now. Me too. 23. Too. If, if I can get him, I would reach in the second round for him. If I can get him, if I'm picking early in the first round like I'm picking one through four possibly and I can grab him either in the back end of that second round or early in that third round I am jumping at the bit to get him because he is going I mean, to deliver across the board think about this he hit 28 home runs and with a slugging percentage of 489 
his expected slugging was 531. Like, this guy can really, really be a 35 home run guy while hitting 300. Yeah. And and I think he's also a name that may somewhat slide in your fantasy drafts because people may have negative opinions about him. Yeah. Um, and I think you should be the guy that's like, you know what? No, Manny Machado is a freaking stud. I want him, and I'm going to grab him. And he's had, I think it's also because he's had a couple down years. Like, he's had a couple mm-hmm. seasons where he's he's not delivered. Um, 2019, it was not good. Everything points to him being a superstar next year. And he, he kind of sits weirdly in Fernando Tatis's shadow. And not weirdly, because Tatis is the face of baseball and is, you know, one of the best five players in the game. But he kind of gets forgotten, I think, in San Diego. Like, people forget that Manny Machado is a lock to be a Hall of Famer, is absolutely a superstar, and was paid as a lock superstar. Lock to be a Hall of Famer lock. is a little. Lock. He has, you think lock? He has 40 war right now through his age 28 season. Wow. Dude, He. I'm telling you, th- this is this is the stuff right here. Like, people are forgetting yeah. how amazing Manny Machado is. And, and a lot of that, that is tied to his war. defense, right? Yeah, but hey, that matters. I mean, he's one of the best defensive third basemen I've ever seen with my own two yeah. eyes. Like I said, he's averaging 34 home runs over his last six years. I think you're right. Because he's going to finish with probably 75 career war. Yeah, yeah. Close. And, and, and that's, above, even if and that's above the average Hall of Famer. Even if you get to 65, I think he's in. I think he, that's a lock. I think the only thing is will he get to 80? We'll see. But number two, Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox. He is a fantasy monster. Last season, he hit 38 jacks, hit 279 with 100 plus runs in RBIs. 2019 was probably his best season. Not by a lot, not much better than 2021, but he did hit 311 with 32 home runs. So, what should we expect with Rafael Devers? I think right in the middle. He's basically a lock for 100-plus runs and 100-plus RBIs, and I think he's even going to steal you 5 to 10 bags. He's stolen 5 in 2021. He stole 8 in 2019. I think he's a 290 hitter with easily the possibility to hit 300, but I think 290 is where I'm projecting him at with 35 home runs, and his current ADP of 16th overall is honestly a really good spot for him because he has the upside of 40 home runs and a 300 batting average if he puts it all together because he's one of the best overall hitters in the game of baseball. So you say he's a 35 home run guy. But I'm going to go even further, and I think he's a 40-plus. I think he's going to hit 45 in 2022. The projection systems have him at 37. Every single one has him at 37. We know how conservative those projection systems are. Speaking of ex-slugging percentage, his slugging percentage in 2021, 538. His ex-slugging, 568 with an insane 51.5% hard hit rate. He hits the ball in the air. I I see 45 home runs from him. You know what? I, I'm, I think he is going to be a first rounder next year in 2023 after the season. He's being taken ADP 16 right now, so it's it's just over the first round like you're getting him early second round i agree peter right i I, he doesn't he's not going to steal you many bags like you said but this red sox lineup is really really damn good and if he hits 45 home runs you're looking at a guy that could have 130 rbis like yeah i'm not saying that's going to happen that is not like the the average outcome for him 
but it's a possibility. That's, a, that's what the 290 with 35 home runs. That's always like the average outcome. Exactly. Like that's the bottom. Exactly. Of that's what the you bottom. I think 35 is like near the, the bottom. bottom for him at this point. But he had 129 runs in 2019. So like, I'm telling you, he he hits 45 home runs. He's looking at 100 125 runs, 125 RBIs, and he could hit over 300 as we've seen. The upside here is is nuts to say the least. It's nuts. He could win MVP. He's a guy I'm really trying to grab in the second round. I mean, I, I would, you know, it's just like all these third basemen are so good. You take Manny Machado a couple rounds later. Like maybe that's a little bit more attainable or Austin Riley a round later. I mean, all these guys are going to rake, but Rafael Devers has 45 home run potential and 120 runs and RBIs while Manny Machado and Austin Riley just simply don't. That's why Rafael Devers is so intriguing, yep. especially in round two. Like, if he falls a little bit around two, like, let's say you have the sixth pick or something and he's available at 20. I would even reach for him at the end of round one. Like, if the 12th pick, I don't think that's out out of, yeah, Mm -mm. it's not out of line. Not outrageous at all. It's not outrageous. It's fun because the way we're going through these rankings, right, is I want Rafael Devers. I want Austin Riley. I want Manny Machado. I want Alberto Mondesi, right? It all depends on how my draft falls. Like, other teams might have the opportunity to take these guys depending on where you're picking. Cause you could pick in a 12 team league one to 12, like that's all over the map. Um, so that's, that's mm. why this prep is so good, but getting to number one, talk about a beast. It's Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland guardians. He's being taken ADP four, third player off the board after Trey Turner and Fernando Tatis last year, 266. 36 home runs, 111 runs, 103 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. He was 27 of 31 in stolen base attempts. He does not get thrown out. Career high hard hit rate last year and an X batting average of 281 compared to an actual of 266. From 2016 to 2017, Jose Ramirez hit 315, but we should not expect that anymore because it completely changed his approach. He increased his fly ball rate, and he's getting way more power output now, which is com- is yielding amazing results. Last year, even at 266, he was firmly inside the top five in fantasy value. And if he ups that back to his XBA of 281 or even to 290 with the 36 bombs and all the other stats I just said, he could finish the year. He has the upside to finish the year as the best overall fantasy player. Definitely has the upside. My only thing is when we're talking about expected batting average, the 284 versus the 286, there's also the other side where he had a 511x slugging versus a 538 slugging. You know, he hit 39 home runs. That is possible in Jose Ramirez's back. But I don't think we're going to ever see more than 36. Like, I don't think this is a 40-plus home run guy, but I think 30-30 is very attainable. I think he could easily steal 30 bases, especially with the bigger bases. Maybe a little bit more incentive to run. My Why I'm so incredibly impressed is his ability to put up 100-plus runs and 100-plus RBIs in a Cleveland Guardians offense. Imagine if he was just in the middle of, I don't know, even the Phillies offense. Like, just a little bit better. He could be the number one player in fantasy. Is he going to get traded? 
Probably not because he's on the best value contract prob probably in the entire sport. I think the Guardians Four are going for million. I think they're going to go for it. I think it. they are too, and I don't think they should sell. No, I just think that rumor has been going around, and I kind of want to dispel that. Like, I don't think he's going to go to the Blue Jays. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to play with the Guardians in 2022. And I think we should expect a lot of the same, just with a higher batting average, but I wouldn't expect any more home runs. But I wouldn't be shocked if he put up 36 home runs, 27 stolen bases, and just hit 280. Jose Ramirez will be an even better fantasy player when the Guardians go out and get Kettle Marte. Facts. They should do that. So, that is the top 10. We'll just read it back to you real quick. Justin Turner, number 10. Alex Bregman, number 9. Chris Bryant, number 8. Anthony Rendon, number 7. Nolan Arenado, number 6. Aldeberto Mondesi, number 5. Austin Riley, number 4. Number 3 is Manny Machado. 2, Rafael Devers. And number 1, Jose Ramirez. So, Colby, who's a guy in this top 10 you can see bouncing out? I'm going to say five of them. Like, I, I literally think six through ten, not, no, seven through ten are all, have their question marks. Anthony Rendon, Chris Bryant, Bregman, and Justin Turner all have their question marks, whether it's age, whether it's injuries, whether it's the inability to hit breaking balls. Um, they all have their question marks here, and I think all four of them could possibly fall outside the top ten. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Bregman has the, the, the chance to fall out if he can't hit breaking balls again, and that will kind of prove that it was the sign-stealing scandal. I still believe that the injury had a lot to do with that, but obviously that needs to be proved on the field, and if he doesn't prove it, get him out of the top 10. I don't have anything else to add. That's exactly who I was going to pick. And then the guy who I think... I guess it's hard with the top 10. Who do we think who, will who do we... outperform ADP expectations? I think that's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be Justin Turner. I think Justin Turner is absolutely going to outperform where he's currently being taken as the 14th third baseman off the board. I think by the end of the year, you know, when you look at Justin Turner, Alex Bregman, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rendon, and Nolan Arenado, I think you could make the case that Justin Turner could have a better year than all of them, especially with the universal DH. I mean, obviously Nolan Arenado is going to get some time. Eh, probably not going to get a ton of time. They need his glove at third base so badly, and he's such still such an elite defender over there. I'm going to go with Justin Turner as the guy who I think is the best steal in this top 10. I'm going to say I agree with Justin Turner, by the way. I think his ADP is perfect. Definitely get him on your team mm -hmm. if you can. I'm going to say Adalberto Mondesi because he can, he can single-handedly deliver – you steals um, and basically be what Starling Marte was last year. Starling Marte was a top five value in fantasy baseball last season. Um, and he's and Adalberto Mondesi, if he gets 500 plate appearances, is going to steal 60 bags, is going to hit 15 to 20 home runs, and is going to hit not Starling Marte's 300, but he's going to hit 255, maybe even a little bit higher because of his speed. He can deliver. He can very much outperform an ADP of 58. The other guy I'm going to say is Rafael Devers. If he hit, he has the ability to hit 45 home runs. And if he does that, he's going to deliver higher value than even the ADP 16 where he's going at. He could be a top eight fantasy player this year. This is an absolute loaded position, and you can find our rankings, our written rankings, on JustBaseball.com. We've already done catcher, first base, second base, third base, and next week will be shortstop. So that'll do it for the Friday's edition of Not Gambling Advice. 
go check out the merch in the episode description of this podcast. The link is in there. I'm wearing my Bigger Than Baseball shirt, which you can find in there. And Colby's rocking his Not Gambling Advice shirt. Anything else before we part, Colby? Nah, man. I'm just glad I'm wearing some Just Baseball merch today and, and not repping some other <laughs> designer. <laughs> Not just boasting about your friend who has this, you know, has this hoodie shop and yeah, doesn't even matter. Get your just baseball merch in the episode description. And with that, thank you everybody.